Who the bloody hell's that? Morning, Ah, uh, Anthony! How are we? I'm really well. How are you? <laughs> Come on in! I will do, thank you. Did that sound staged? Just a little. No, it's fine. fine, yeah. I'm going to embrace the whole lounge pant thing next time. I'm going to put my University of New Hampshire lounge pants on. You should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Hello and welcome to chapter 140 of the Corona Diaries. Hello everybody. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Anthony. Uh, Happy New Year, Stephen. I thought of something this morning that I've never asked you, and I don't know why I don't know the answer to this question. Mm. But are you a PH or a V? Have I ever ever asked you that? I don't know if you've ever asked. I don't think I have. In my head, I've got you down as a PH. Mm, Have you now? Yeah. What's that, Steve? There's a joke about that, isn't there? PH, you know, something about... I can't remember. Um, but um, I'm a PH. Ah. I'm ah. not a V. No, no, I'm a PH. Why Step, would I have you down as a PH? Step hen, I am. Right. Okay. Okay. Was that down to... Because back in the day, you mm. you will have not been... You, your mum and dad won't have known if you were going to be male or female, would they? I mean, was, were people? did people know back then? Well, everybody starts female, don't they? And they right. become male um, during the, the first few few is it days? I think it might even be days or, or certainly weeks of gestation. Right. You I become, didn't know that. Yeah, but I didn't know that till Sophie told me it the other day. Oh, okay. Uh, so we all start off female and then drift. Um, but... Um, no, I, th- I think my my mum and dad wanted me to be called Steve uh, or Stephen, Stephen, on the feast of Stephen. Um, but you know, then he registered me the other way around. Mm. I just wondered if Stephen with a PH gives you the option of Stephanie, doesn't it? So I just it's the one of those where you could actually oh. almost have picked a name for both if you didn't know. Well. I will never know now because no. I can't ask them. No, no. Oh. Okay, fine. PH. There we have it. Mm, Stephen PH. Never let it be said that this wasn't insightful entertainment. This <laughs> educative, <laughs> unbelievable, off the charts. <laughs> Are you Anthony with just the one T? Uh, well, uh, absolutely the one T, but I've got an H in there as well. <laughs> Yes, I know. I'm just being fatuous now. Are you? Are you? Are you? You're a bit, you know, you're a bit starting the new year with a bit of, bit of whatever that word would be. I'm just looking Impishness. at my, I'm looking at myself on screen, and I look like I haven't been to bed for since November. Um, do I look a bit dreadful? Or um, is it just my own eyesight? You've got that kind of piss holes in the snow thing going on with your eyes. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing as well. It's because. Um, Today was the first day doing the school run again. So the alarm went off at half past six. Um, 
So I've had three or four hours kit less than I've been used to. Well, I was. It's funny enough. I was going to ask you this. So this Christmas, for whatever reason, as soon as we finished, I started sleeping till about eight thirty, nine o'clock, which I never do, and I've, <gasps> and I've carried it on for like a fortnight. Mm. How, how how does that happen? Uh, well, you relax. I think. Mm. I think once you relax, you become more tired, don't you? I think it's just your your body starts to go into sort of rebuild and repair mode mm. a little bit. Or let's hope so, anyway, because mm. God knows I needed rebuilding and repairing. Um, but I've been extreme, even by my own standards, I've been very sedentary <laughs> over Christmas. Even by your even, standards, even the even the two small areas in my body that normally are quite active went to sleep. Right, you, you know, so just yeah, I was limp. Right. I was limp flaccid. throughout. I, I was. I was flaccid from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Right, right. Flaccid feet. I've got those flaccid feet. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I the, now think you need to the work flaccid cast. feet into something. <laughs> <laughs> so in the spirit of New Year then, in the spirit of all that kind of new year, what what have you got going on this year? I'm not going to ask you about resolutions because that's just a bit formularic and a bit kind I of cliched. I don't make resolutions because I know myself and I know I won't keep them. Uh, and I used to make... The last resolution I ever made, I think I've told you, was I, I, I decided I wasn't going to bitch about other members of the band anymore or take the piss. Right. And... Uh, I mentioned that to Mosley and he just thought for a moment and then said, life wouldn't be worth living. So that was the end of that. Do you um, all do it then? Do you all? <laughs> is this something you all know you all do privately? I, th- I think he meant listening to me taking oh, right. this w- wouldn't right. be worth living rather than not doing it himself. Right. Um, I think he perhaps derives some, some entertainment from some of the things I say about right. other members of the band. Again. Right. Occasionally, not all the time. No, not, no, get, it's not like you, you go in wrong. at nine. No, I do love them. Uh, but I do occasionally roll out the old sarcastic comment. Um, but um, that was the last New Year's resolution I made, and it lasted about, a, well, it lasted until I mentioned it to you. And then that was the end of it. Yeah. Um, so... You know, big resolutions like getting fit, the kind of things that people do. Um, no, that won't happen. I mean, I might get fit, but it, but it'll be by mistake. It won't be because of any determination on my part. Which, to be fair, was the reason why I wasn't going to ask you anyway, because I'm not a big believer in it. Um, no, um, no, really, and and big things as well. I mean, if you want, I mean, if you want to get fit, mm. start. Walking for twenty minutes a day, and then by the end of the year, you're probably running or you're probably doing X, Y, and Z. But you can't go out on the first of January and do four hours, can you? Can't do four hours cardio, you'd collapse. Leap onto the peloton. Yes, the peloton. (laughs) (laughs) But is it peloton? It's peloton. Peloton. Well, I'm going to call it peloton. I like peloton. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds like something you'd have with a coffee. I'm going to leap onto the peloton. That's my New Year's resolution. Come 
on. Yeah, mm, we can do that. Yeah, you're looking good. My, oh. Have you over Christmas? Did you watch Glass I, Onion? I just want to be sick. I did. Yes, I did actually, but I hadn't seen its predecessor. You not seen I, Knives Out? No. So we watched that first. Knives I, Out. Well, they're both great. I thought it was fantastic. Oh. I preferred Knives Out to Glass Onion, to be honest. Although Glass Onion was very interesting because it was like, um, I thought it was like a modern form of psychedelia. Oh, yeah, it there was a bit of that in there. F- it felt psychedelic, mm. but not in the 70s psychedelic way. It just felt sort of trippy and mind-expanding in a, in a digital way, if, mm. if I can put it that way, which I thought was quite interesting. Oh, I, th- I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was really funny. Um, mm. I thought Daniel Craig's performance was unbelievable. Um, yeah, he's he's really uh, proof to the world that there's more to him than Jimmy Bond, doesn't Oh, he? absolutely, absolutely. But the reason why I mentioned it was because you said Peloton, <laughs> and there's that moment, and I won't ruin it for anybody else, but there's a moment in the gym with Serena Williams. Yes, so there is. And I, and I just when you said Peloton, I just thought, oh, there's that bit in there's that bit in Glass Onion where. And and I won't say any more because it'll ruin it. Yeah, how did they get her to do that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't that, know. Very it was clever, a bizarre though. moment. Isn't it, it was very bizarre. <laughs> but then that big dong that kept going off was bizarre. I thought that was great. The big dong. That kept yeah, the on up. the on the hour dong. The kind of um, <laughs> that sound fate that kept going off. Well, that was brilliant. Anyway, if you've not watched it, Knives Out and Glass Onion. Watch them both. They're both superb. Yeah, Knives Out's particularly uh, good. Uh, I thought that was yeah, that was one of the best films I've seen for Yonks. Knives the, Out. The bit in Knives Out where he's got the iPod on and he's singing in the car is is just lovely. When he's just sat singing away to himself, quite terribly out of tune as well. Just just lovely. Anyway, anyway. So you're you're twenty twenty three, what you got going on? When are you starting rehearsing? Um next Monday. Right. We're meeting up for a, a walk around the equipment, as Ian calls it, which is what it usually is. Yeah. Um, and we've got we've got a new monitor system coming in, a new a new Avium system coming Ooh. in, which will all have to be tweaked and set up and faffed with at length. So we'll probably spend most of the Monday getting a monitor sound um, and getting happy. Hopefully, uh, everyone except Ian will get happy because Ian's a very tough customer to please on the monitor sound front. He's, he's left a trail of dead monitor engineers mm. behind him. Um, so we'll try and get that. We'll try and get that sorted out, and then um, we'll we'll commence rehearsal for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at Port Zealand. Um it's a lot of music. It's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of music, as Stella said when she did the um, Portsmouth weekend. And um, we'll just work our way through. Mark's made a kind of. Um, he sent an email around with um, like a plan of what we're going to do each right. week, which um, you know is nothing if not well-meaning, but. Mm. Um, of course, it won't happen. Ambitious, but probably the word I would have gone with. D- delusional is the oh, word okay. I'd have gone with. Yeah, somewhere between ambitious, ambitious and delusional. And delusional. 
probably on the far side of delusional from ambitious. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm so pleased that that New Year's resolution of yours never never stuck. <laughs> but, but, you know, all credit to, to Mad Jack. He has given it some thought, and which is more than I've done. And, um, you know, you can't... You've got to aim high if you're going to rise to a medium level. Mm. And, and you've got to aim extremely high if you're going to rise high. High. So you've got to aim for the... you got to aim for the clouds, man. Um, yeah. I've got a newfound respect for Mark because I didn't realise how long that bit of piano in Estonia, the solo, goes on for. Oh, it's, a, it's an amazing solo. I've never managed to get it together. No. So... Um, and I really buggered him up in, in St. John's. It was my fault. It wasn't his fault. I was supposed to sing at the halfway point, and I was, I was so busy watching him and just generally enjoying what he was doing and and thinking, isn't this a scream to myself that I forgot to come in? <laughs> Bless him, because it is a really, really. Say he's not. I mean, and he's, I mean, look, he's played uh, at a tempo all the way through, and it's a lot of notes. But it was just how much of it there was, and it's yeah. all slightly different. And I, mm-hmm. yeah, goes on about four times longer than I thought. And it's two-handed as well. It's yeah. all, you know, like a bit of harpsichord music almost. But he only played it with one, didn't he? Because you were you were down in the middle. He did in the end. Yeah, he tried it with two hands in the sound in in our little sound check at five o'clock. Yes, it looked like uh, musical twister. I kept, yeah, I don't I think it was physically impossible yeah. to stay out of my way. Yeah. Um, that was quite amusing for the two or three of us who saw it. <laughs> it, was, it was. But it must be harder to play that with only one hand if you're used to playing it with two. Yeah, probably is. Because you probably take cues off your other hand, don't you? I don't know. Ask him. Right. Well, oh, I wish, you, I wish he was here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got very stony faced, Mister. <laughs> no, no, I was just thinking, wish you. Were, I would just, I'd just gone off on a little trip. Ah, uh, were I'm, you away I, with Pink Floyd? I was. Or oh, Judith Chalmers? Which one was it? <laughs> no, I was, I've never been away with Judith Chalmers. Have you not? Have you not? She's never approached you in Waitrose. <laughs> no, those rumours are not true. Actually, I can't use that joke because that bit of that bit of the conversation's not happened yet. Oh, okay. In five minutes, <laughs> ten minutes, you're going to think that Judith Chalmers quip is actually really funny. <laughs> but you need the backstory, which hasn't happened. <laughs> well, steady on. I don't know how really funny. Well, Mild- right, yeah. Mildly yes. amusing. Mildly amusing. Droll. <laughs> droll, yeah. Droll. 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 So is that here's what's going to happen means? today. Hang on, I've got to clarify something. Is it, yeah. It, does droll mean mildly amusing? I don't know what droll means. Shall I have a no. look? No. I've never known what droll means. No, and I've and I've used it quite a lot of times, not knowing what it means. Right. Um, I'm not even sure how you spell it. Oh no, curious or unusual in a way that provokes dry amusement. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that's what I thought droll was. Mm, yeah. So yeah, I'd have had a devil of a time defining it. But dry then, amusement's but, uh, an interesting phrase. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. Anyway, here's what's going to happen today. Yeah. 
<laughs> he says. So step one, we're going to ask, we're going to wish you a happy new year. Done that. Step yeah. two, happy new year. Happy yes. new year. Happy, happy new year, everyone. Step two, a little bit yeah. of an insight into what you've got planned for twenty twenty three. We've kind of done a bit of that. Yes, I could carry on. I never got past day one of rehearsal, did I? But but I can I can elaborate. If you well, want. hold that thought. Hold that thought. <laughs> no, because. Chance. In in the kind of the wibbly wobbly timey wimey way this episode's working, uh, mm. which is a, a reference for the Hoovians out there, um, mm. then we'll come back to it in a minute. Okay. Okay. A Hoovian's somebody who likes Doctor Who. Oh, I see. Right. Oh well, we're a veritable dictionary. This oh week, well, well, we? we're catnip for Hoovians. We are. I've found out two things today. Yeah, we're catnip for Hoovians. This this Romania. Hoovians and droll. and droll. And the world knows you're a PH. Is there a droll Hoovian out there? There probably oh, are. Oh, found few. to be. Mm. I would imagine most Hoovians are droll. There's probably a droll Hoovian with a PH. But more than likely. <laughs> more than likely. More of a Hoofian. <laughs> very clever, that. That was actually very clever. <laughs> Hoofian. Steve Hoofian. Uh, right, anyway, so so we, we'll come... Hold the rest of 2023. We'll come back to that. We're going to go to a bit of diary now. Oh, lovely. Okay. And what we're going to do is we're going to go to Istanbul. Mm. And then we're going to come back from Istanbul and you're going to hear a bit of audio we recorded before the bit of audio you're listening to now. If that yes. makes sense. Because that was our bit of chat when we started, wasn't it? We did have a bit of chat at the beginning. and you were, We did. Which is now going to go in the middle. Right. And then the Judith Chalmers joke might work. Right. Then we'll go from that to Venice. <laughs> and then we'll come back and talk about the rest of your year. Perfectly straightforward, Anthony. That's what I thought. Okay. Right. Got, are you going to take us to... Mm. My go mother on, once said to my sister, if a man should ever say... Let me take you to Istanbul. Don't go. Wednesday, 3rd of March. Home, Istanbul. Spent the beginning of the morning trying to get the Wi-Fi working. It suddenly stopped. It's funny how equipment seems to know when I'm going away and fails just as I'm going out the door. Lynetta needs to be online a lot at the moment. She's busy sourcing stuff for the new house. I mean, where do you get the best price on Aircrete breeze blocks? Spent the rest of the morning clearing the shelves in the outbuilding. We're moving house in phases. Phase one... Pack everything down and store as much of it as possible in the outbuildings of the new house, actually a relic of a cottage. David Smith's coming on Saturday with a van. Unfortunately, I'm going to Istanbul at lunchtime today and won't be back till Friday afternoon. Phase two, live in our house, now mostly empty, for a week and then move to a rented holiday cottage next Saturday with a few essentials whilst putting our remaining possessions in storage. Subject to planning permission having been approved, a team of chaps, 
builder, plumber, electrician, sandblasters and labourers will commence work on the new cottage on the Monday. Unfortunately, I leave the day after we move and the day before the builders start to go to Portugal with the band for two weeks for more jamming and writing. The trick is to try and avoid Lynetta having to move house in my absence. Hence the phased system. Spent the rest of the morning making trips in the car to the new house to put stuff in the empty outbuildings. Showered at one and left at one thirty for the drive to Heathrow. Terminal 5 is now showing signs, nearly two years in, of working. Checked in and cleared security in less than half an hour. Amazing. Sat in the giraffe restaurant for a bit, eating nachos and absorbing the Latin American music until checking in at gate A20. The flight to Istanbul was uneventful. I spent it listening to the possible options for an H Natural live CD, which I'm going to release in the spring. We arrived in Istanbul airport to be greeted by the promoter, who's been a little less than in a hurry to give us any money. Despite the terms of the contract, he hasn't paid the advance fees that we insist on when working with new people in new countries. More money was promised in cash when we arrived at the airport, and, surprise, surprise, he came without it. We've done a few gigs in recent times for which we were either paid nothing or only some of the fee, so we're cagey. All our bargaining power will be lost as soon as we've played the show and then the chances of getting money out of a man in Istanbul when you're on the phone from England are basically zero. This is a dilemma when we know that there are fans flying into Turkey from around the world just to see us. To cancel now is to betray them. Climbed into a van and was transported to an area of Istanbul which was like a Turkish version of a cross between Soho and Magaluf. Neon and pumping disco music along narrow lanes of restaurants and bars and, in the middle of all the noise and light, our hotel. The Interroyal, and about as royal as me. After being given a smoking room, and then another smoking room, I finally checked into room 510, a non-smoking room. Pretty basic. The bed linen smelled of dust, and the little 12-inch TV was something you wouldn't be able to shift on eBay, but at least there was BBC News 24 as an option on Channel 3. I managed to speak to Lynetta before turning in. Steve and Mark were going out for a beer, but I thought I'd rest so I didn't bother. I turned off the light and drifted into sleep to the sound of several pumping disco rhythms in the street below. The receptionist said the music is turned off at midnight. I later found out that it stopped at five, but I'd slept through it. I did hear them wezzing though, probably just after the disco stopped, calling the faithful to dawn prayers. Dunno if it was a real person or a dodgy automatic recording. It was coming through speakers in the street somewhere and was suitably low-tech and distorted. I gave the prayers a miss. Perhaps I'll pray now and give thanks for my life. You never know. And I do have a very good life. Thursday, 4th of March, Istanbul. Got up around 11 o'clock, 9 o'clock UK time, and tried to catch a quick hello with little vibes on his way to nursery. I had just missed him. Never mind. 
I'm only away for a couple of days, but I find myself missing him almost as soon as we're parted now. Texted Lynetta. All's fine, so I got dressed and went out for a wander in search of coffee. Walked uphill along narrow lanes full of restaurants, fishmongers and stalls selling hubble bubble pipes and scarves. It's pretty chilly here, about nine degrees, so I kept my coat buttoned up to the neck. Ended up sitting at a table where I was served by the man running the fish stall. Do you have English coffee, please? Nescafe, said the waiter in a surly growl. Fine, I said. When it came in a little cup, I asked, Do you have any sugar? Taste it, he said, with another growl. I tasted it, and there must have been at least two sugars in it. Good job I took sugar. Went walking and taking in the atmosphere. Found a beautiful indoor alley full of shops selling textiles and jewellery. Found a shop selling fezzes. Bought another coffee and then a scarf from a market stall before wandering back to the hotel. Bumped into Mark, who took pictures of me in various outlandish hats. Passed a fishmonger's and marvelled at a fish thrown on the floor without a head. It was as big as a goat. Back at the hotel, the crew was still sitting in reception with the equipment. The promoter still hadn't come up with the money, so we weren't taking anything to the venue. Hmm. Back in my hotel room, I can hear the sound of a budgie squawking in the next room. There's also the occasional barking of a dog. Perhaps people live in this hotel all the time. Pete says to keep my windows closed, as the balconies are all inhabited by cats to which I am violently allergic. Spent an hour or so writing this diary. We'll go back out and try to find something to eat which won't put me in a hospital. You've got to be careful in foreign climes. P.S. Never wrote any more. I should point out that we later did get paid, though. Camel's humps. Somebody sent a message. Did you read that one about the what was it called? <laughs> oh, I can't remember what it was. The the Merinaeum. Oh yes, yes. Who was that? Was, was that it? Sarah Millican who called it that? <laughs> oh, that was it. Yeah, yeah. I did read that. I can't remember who it was, but I did read that. It might have been Andy Meany actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh, yes, I did read that. I did it did make me smile. I've lost my place in the diary now. Oh, bloody hell, it's all going wrong. Oh, I can tell you because I've put a bookmark in. Well, well I've uh, normally got a bookmark in. And, and it's, I've lost uh, it. It's 2010, isn't it? 198, I was on. Or 197. It was the, uh, God, that, that, yeah, the beginning of 2010. Yes, Istanbul. 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 I hadn't realised. In fact, neither. I was reading this to Lynetta this morning, saying, "God, oh, I bet she was over the moon with that." God Almighty, do you remember this? Well, it was just the fact that how? Yeah, we were moving out at the same time as I was going to Istanbul. So mm. I, you know, I sort of put a load of stuff in the car, drove it over here, rammed it in the outbuildings, went back to Brackley, then went to Istanbul. And then uh, after we uh, 
the day after we'd moved, I think, I was going to Portugal for a fortnight. That's when we nearly split up. But looking at this, there's hardly any surprise, really. Because I was probably stressed out to the max. I came up, I came back from Istanbul, uh, and we both got ill. Um, mm. You know, there's a thing where I say David Smith's coming round in a van to help us move. Well, when he came round in the van, I couldn't get out of bed, uh, so he had to do it on his own. Uh, Lynetta couldn't get out of bed the day before, but managed to get out of bed the day he arrived and just about stagger around, where I couldn't move. I literally couldn't move. I got the flu. And uh, so he was all on his own with it, poor sod. I kept seeing him out the window, staggering across the lawn of various stuff. Thinking, with chest freezes. And- I th- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> thinking, oh, God. <laughs> this is oh. a bit, this is pushing our friendship to the limit. What a star. And then, um, yeah, and then we we fight, we managed to move out of the house. And I I took, I actually closed the front door on 29 Bridge Street, Brackley, at two in the morning um, when the new people were arriving, you know, later that morning. I think they were in at 11 a.m. or something with their stuff. And at quarter to two, I was taking the doorknobs off. Because I, I was buggered if I was leaving them those doorknobs because they were great. Just <laughs> <laughs> removing doorknobs at quarter to completely shattered, having you know staggered out of bed with flu and spent all day packing, and then uh, we moved to this sort of temporary kind of holiday. Well, not a holiday place, but like a temporary accommodation, rented accommodation. Um, over at this farm, they usually let let these units out to people for people who are going to Silverstone or whatever. And uh, the day after that, I had to go to Portugal. But then Lynetta was so ill that I didn't go for about three days um, because she couldn't, she could barely move, and we we'd got the little vibes was just a baby. So it was just so difficult. And Rothers and his genius had decided we should all go to Portugal, to this fucking place, to jam, and won't it be great? And so I I arrived there three days late, uh, which meant that my name wasn't on the car rental documents, which meant I couldn't drive the bloody car. So then Mosley picked me up, took me back to this, what in theory was a fabulous estate. Uh, they'd set all the gear up in this bloody room that was like a cave and sounded fucking dreadful. They all thought it sounded lovely because it was going bang, crash, wallop, you know, it was really ambient. But of course, I couldn't hear any vocals over it. So as soon as I got there, I became the problem. And uh, British Airways went on strike and I couldn't go home. Uh, then we had a big row. And I'm surprised I deci- it took that long. I decided I had enough and couldn't leave. 
because A, I couldn't get in the car and storm off because it wasn't legal, and B, there was nowhere to storm off to because the airlines were on strike and you couldn't get out of there. So then we all sat in this on this estate for about 10 days and did nothing because we, we all refused to work together. <laughs> And I just read, I just read the girl with the dragon tattoo series, for uh, however many days that was. That's a good choice. There's a lot of pages in those. Yeah, and then at the end, to make matters worse, um, we'd got to go and do a gig. Um, Rothers had arranged an acoustic gig somewhere in Portugal. Um, so. Towards the end of it, when British Airways was no longer on strike, there was then no point in going home because I'd have had to fly straight back again. Straight back. So I was completely, you know, a prisoner. (laughs) Alone again in the lap of luxury, Mm. quite literally. Mm. Um, So that was an interesting time. The thing is... We've had that. You, you, we've, you've regaled that. I mean, I love I that story. You have regaled well, that. Well, it's not a story. <laughs> well, no, but you Sadly. know what I mean. No, you, know, you know what I mean. If only it had been. But the, but the new bit, the new bit that, that you've never mentioned before and now I'm intrigued by, have you still got them doorknobs? Oh, yeah. Have yeah. I seen them then? Yeah, well, I've done, yeah. All the doorknobs in our house are those doorknobs. That, that, that you went back to get? yeah. And, I, and to this day, I don't regret it because they're great. <laughs> well, why should you regret it? They were your doorknobs. Well, technically, yeah. I mean, most people don't normally remove their doorknobs when they move house. Well, they? it did sound a little extreme when you said it, but I didn't feel like... I thought it might have been a southern thing. No, it's just that they were really nice sort of um, old antique brass ball jobbies. Right. Um, that you can't buy um, anywhere for love or money. And so I thought, fuck it, I'm having them. And so I went down the hardware shop and bought a load of those cheap plastic ones. That was the bit I was just wanting to check, because I didn't know if you'd left them with no doorknobs at all. <laughs> no, I'm not a monster. <laughs> this house is knob-free, they will have said as they moved in. <laughs> not a knob in sight. No, they were all... Apart those... from the one just driving off. <laughs> they were all... This was Jason Fairylove, of course. Of he, course, he... yeah. He was a sterling fellow. He was skipping in, loading his fairy <laughs> wings into the spare room, no doubt. Fly, flying in through one of the upstairs windows. <laughs> in his gimp mask. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do we know if he's still there? Oh no, he sold it to another lady who who's very nice, and I occasionally bump into her in Waitrose, and she goes, "Excuse me, but didn't you used to live at Twenty Nine Bridge Street?" And I, yes, yeah, oh, I live there now. It's you must come over. You must come and have a look at what I've done to it. And go, oh, I'd love to come and have a look at what you've done to it. And then thinking, ooh, is that an offer? I, my, my, I shouldn't take up. Well, will she be there with the with the gear on? <laughs> <laughs> well, well what, from from her demeanour, what gear were you thinking? Uh, well, you never know, do you? <laughs> well, not round your way, no. By the sounds of things, I've had a lot of trouble with women, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, yes. I don't mind telling you. Yes. 
maybe not these days, but old I mean, habits style. I mean, round our way, it's very simple. Just, you know, it'll be pot round treacle. I've got the gear on. And you kind of, you know, you know what you're in for. Yeah. No, round our way, they don't mention it. Do they not? They just tap you up in Waitrose. Yeah. Right. I don't quite know what to think about that. Have we started yet? We probably have I think all this we? has got to go in. I think, I think all this has got to go in uh, for a start. Um, I now think we need a picture of your doorknobs on Instagram. Ah, yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to load a knob onto Insta. I think you have to lob at least <laughs> one of your knobs. A knob pick. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to go, uh, <laughs> yeah. that, which will be what I will say. <laughs> I'll just say, knob pick. <laughs> there might be some comeback from the agents. Did you include the knobs on the inventory list? I think I did. I think I did actually. No, I think I did actually mention that we would be taking the doorknobs, right? As a as a matter, you know, in the contract, right? That 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 was something I felt strongly about, right? Okay. We took the bath as well. Mind they didn't know that. There you took was the a, bath. Yeah, yeah. There was a Victorian solid fucking cast iron bath in that house um and i decided i'd have that and all so we took that that caused a bit of trouble because it was so huge and heavy and i was supposed to be there to help david smith with it i was just about to say did david do this on his own (laughs) i don't think he did in the end he might have done actually with niall i mean it was incredibly heavy and uh, i decided i wanted it so um, I bought um, a kind of acrylic roll-top bass. Right. You know, you can buy those now. You know, and they look all right and everything. And I bought one of those and we I plumbed that in instead um, and, took the, and took the old one with it. I don't know how I got that together. I must have got a plumber in. I don't think I did it on my own. Or maybe I did. Who knows? Um. So I swapped baths, took the bath and took the doorknobs. Right. And the bath is here. That was fun, getting that up the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because your stairs double back. Yeah, we had about five blokes grunting and sweating getting that up the stairs. (laughs) Well, you carried a small tray of knobs up. I think on the back of it, I mean, when I thought about David with a, tr- a chest freezer, I, I didn't feel too bad for him. But now, I think I think he did push the bounds of your friendship. He, he did, yes. Yeah, I, I'm sure he went by with a cast iron bath at one point, and glowing crimson and sweating. And <laughs> some some other poor sod on the other end. I think that was Niall. Anyway, it was a hellish. It was a hellish. T- you know, you look back sometimes on on moments in your life and think, how the hell. Did we get through that? Um, or why the hell did I do that? It seemed like a good idea at the time, my God. Um, but that was one of them. Right. And, I, and I've, I've, I've already looked back at that time, you know, and thought, why the hell did we do that? And I'd forgotten about going to Istanbul um, at the same time. The bit I can't quite get my head around with Istanbul is you went to somewhere that sold fezzes, 
but it mm. didn't say that you bought Fez. I did buy buy a Fez actually. You did. Yeah, oh, right. yeah. I think there is a there is a photograph somewhere. Have you <laughs> in a and, Fez? Me, me and Mark swapping Fezes. Yeah. yeah, I think Mark took it home in the end. But we did buy a Fez, and I bought a scarf. Um, and there was a <laughs> there was a big fish on the on the fishmonger's <laughs> floor, as yeah. big as a big as a goat, big as a goat. <laughs> It's the biggest fucking fish I've ever seen. It's just like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, I don't right. now. I don't now know what we're going to do with this bit of chat. But I know what. <laughs> we'll tell you be... what. You've probably heard it already. Why don't we put this in the middle after the diary? Yeah, we could. We could uh, dish it out as extra content for the purples at some point, can we? I, I, but the knob stories needs to go to the world. Oh, does it? Okay. And the and the bath. You can't literally steal a bath, your own, admittedly, without everybody knowing about that. I think it's a deep insight into your character. Well, you know. I Freud did have a I, field day with it. I never said I was perfect. No. And I never said I wasn't dodgy either. No. No. I'm now going to do something that makes it seem like this was all planned. Right. Okay. You ready for this? This, this is about to be brilliant. Born because what, ready. what we're going to do now is we're going to whisk away from in- Istanbul and we're actually oh. going to seamlessly go to Venice. Uh. Okay. Mm. So if we say nothing else now and go to Venice, then it'll seem like all of this was planned. Okay, then. Let's go to Venice. Friday, 25th of June. Home, Venice, Treviso. Drove to Gatwick from our temporary home in King's Sutton. Nice day, nice drive. Missed the exit to the M23, talking about lime mortar. Checked in uneventfully and managed to drop Rother's spare strat at oversized baggage. Had a Caesar salad at Café Rouge, very nice. Walked over the bridge over the runway to gate 104. It's uplifting to watch passenger jets taxi beneath my feet. The flight was full but okay. Flew over Venice when we landed. I hadn't realised, stupidly, that it is so close to the open sea. Duh, why else would it have been so rich? I was greeted in Venice airport by Dave and Giorgio who drove me to the edge of the island where we parked the car before going on foot over the new bridge and walking through the narrow Venetian streets and over the many little bridges. Had a beer by a canal before walking further into this amazing place. The weather was perfect, sunny and blue, but by early evening not too hot, just pleasantly warm. Bought a little Venetian glass goblet and a glass bracelet for Lynetta. Stopped at a little bar for homemade beer, watching the tourists go by and discussing Italy's early departure from the World Cup. Portugal and Brazil drew nil-nil today. We reckon it's been quietly fiddled, so they can both go through to the knockout stage. 
found a table in a restaurant beneath old cloisters by a small side canal, and ate spaghetti vongolet, and drank an excellent red wine, whilst watching gondolas drift by, rocked by the wakes of occasional passing powerboats. Fabulous. After dinner, we walked back along the cobbled streets, past the many shops, some selling carnival masks, and market stalls of fruit and vegetables. Drove to Treviso, where the band are staying, in a castle. The band took a later flight, not being bothered about seeing Venice. Madness. When we arrived at the castle, a woman greeted us. She looked like a character from a Berlin cabaret. She prepared my room and gave me a beer as I said bye-bye to Dave and Giorgio. The band were out somewhere having dinner. I later discovered they'd been at a pizza place next to a garage. So I went to bed. Saturday, 26th of June. Treviso. Woken at 5.30 by loud machine noise. Got up to investigate. It was a road sweeper. The loudest road sweeper I have ever heard. Sounded like someone had attached an engine to my bedroom wall. Back to sleep till seven when church bells began chiming from the tower opposite my room. They chimed every 30 minutes for the rest of the morning, and I slept in between them. Got up and had breakfast with Steve and Pete, and was later joined by the Baron, who is somewhat eccentric. He thought Marillion was a beautiful name for a wine, and asked permission to use the name for his next vintage. We said sure, in the certain knowledge that he will have forgotten all about it by tea time. I had a walk around the central square of the castle, which has two 250-year-old magnolia trees, the largest magnolias I've ever seen, and two gigantic cedars of a similar age and monumental size. The estate staff were busy preparing for a wedding party. Trestle tables were stacked with glasses, cutlery and champagne on ice, while chefs worked busily in the back rooms. Went for a walk into Treviso. It's a very small town, not much more than a village, really. A few restaurants, jewellery shops, photographic studios. Everyone seems to be constantly getting married here, so I think there's a good living to be had for wedding photographers. Bought an adapter in an electrical shop. Italian mains is unique in the world. Came back to the castle and wrote this. Went out with Pete and Ian for a cappuccino before returning to leave for soundcheck. For whatever reason, the diary stops here, so I'm recalling the show through a haze. I remember the gig being open air and set up in a 15th century town square. The weather was super hot in the afternoon and my Yamaha P250 piano got so hot in the direct sunshine that it began to malfunction, and we had to put cardboard over it to cool it down. As for the gig, we got changed in a building nearby that looked like some kind of civic office or library. My knee dislocated at one point during Cover My Eyes, and I had to fall to the stage and try and put it back while singing. Managed eventually. The other memorable moment was during the opening verses of Happiness is the Road, when one of Rother's effects pedals 
adrenaline, I believe, suddenly turned into a drum machine and began generating an inane cartoon rhythm. It still does this occasionally, and Steve doesn't seem to know how to stop it, or what causes it. And we're back! And we're back for the second time, but really it's the first time, because that's the first time I've said it, but you know that by now. Cool. I'm tired. Yeah, I'm lost. Yeah. But it's all good. It's all good. We're we're back in 2023. That's where we're back at. That's where we're back. So you're on day one of rehearsals. Yes. Yeah, uh, I start rehearsing next Monday um, for uh, Port Zealand, which isn't till March. But you'd be amazed how time passes when you're um, trying to get your head around a lot of music. Uh, I think we're having a week out as well in February at some point for um, uh, when the kids are off for half term. So I'm going to probably pop to one or all of us or all of us is going to pop to, we're going to pop to Denmark, I think. Right. And um, carry on where we left off um, with the summer house. Um, And... um, yeah, then it'll be then we'll we'll get it all together hopefully, and we'll be ship shape for um, as opposed to shit shape for for Port Zealand, and then we'll take it from there. We've got a lot of conventions this year because we've got PZ, and then we have not necessarily in this order um, Berlin. We have I think Berlin's on the end. We have uh, De Montfort Hall in Leicester again. We 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 have Italy this time. I'm, I'm not even quite sure where we are in Italy. It might be Padova, uh, or it might be Roma. I don't know. It's all on the website. And Montreal, of course. So there's quite a lot. And there might even be another one, a surprise one that, that's... Um, well, you see, and that's there's a date. There's a date on the Merlin Weekends website. Is there now? With a question mark on it. What, like the old the span? Do you remember the Spangles with the question marks on them? Oh no, Do I you- don't. Oh, now that surprises me. I'd have thought, um, you know, a ninja of the seventies such as yourself, yes, would would have been all over the um, the mystery question- the mystery flavour in the old English Spangles. Yeah. And I'm now looking. No, I don't. I don't remember. I do remember Spangles. Mm. How can you not remember? Uh, yes. Furthermore, there was a, a mystery flavor with a question mark studded wrapper, and it yeah. was revealed later to be fruit cocktail flavor. Oh, was it? Mm. Well, I've, that, that's a, that's three things I've learned. God, that's exciting. <laughs> fruit cocktail was it? Well, yes. that's not a bloody flavour, is it? I mean, no, that that's could a be anything. Out. That's mm. it, it. Was a good flavour, though. I did like. It was sort of slightly. I don't know. Yeah, it was sort of like a tropical well, sort of. It's like mishmash of different fruits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a good flavour. Mm. I can't remember what the other things are. Oh no, Hoovian. That was new and droll. Droll, Hoovian, and Spangles. Fruit cocktail flavor. So all we need now is a hoofian flavor with a pH. Yes, 
Carry on. a hoofian with a very dry sense of humour, but that doesn't like jelly babies and carries a, a bag of spangles around in his pocket or her pocket. Mm. Like that. Yes. Like that. I had a parker, you know, when I was young, and uh, you know, in, in, in my teens, um, that I used to wander about. I used to live in it day and night when parkers were in. And um, I had a spangle in one of the pockets of the parker that had fallen through into the lining and had been in there so long it went soft. Oh, that's a, that's, a flaccid a spangle. Mm. <laughs> I did. I did. Oh. I, think, I, I think I ate it as well when I finally got, got <laughs> You finally got to it. Finally got to it. I had to turn my Parker inside out. And <laughs> you know, because of our 70s conversation, when you what? said Parker, I went straight to Thunderbirds. <laughs> oh, Parker. Well done. Yes. You can still listen to that on uh, YouTube. Have you ever heard that? The, no. The, the little song that Lady Penelope and Parker did. It's called Oh Parker, Well Done. Um, and it goes, Oh Parker. Yes, my lady. I think I'd like to take a little run. And Parker. Yes, my lady. Oh, it must have been ride. Something happened in the countryside. And then she goes, Is the Rolls Royce prepared? Is it ready for a run? Yes, my lady, quite all right. Everything's been done. I've lubricated all the cannon and I've polished up the gun. And then she goes, oh, Parker, well done. Yeah, haven't you heard that? No, <laughs> no, no. I, I don't think you can match up to that, can it? You've got to get straight onto YouTube and check that out. It's a right. classic. Your Parker seems to have just a little edge of Michael Caine about him. <laughs> I only told you to blow the bloody doors off, my lady. I don't know if we ought to carry on after that. I don't know if we can, I we can top that. <laughs> I thought I can't believe I haven't already trotted no, that out. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a crooncast waiting to happen. <laughs> This is why Lynetta doesn't listen to the podcast because <laughs> she gets this off me all day long. All the time. Yeah. One more thing before we go. Yeah. Aside from this could be one of the strangest episodes, very strangest chapters we've ever done. <laughs> um, I seem to recall in the diary, and I think it was the journey to the plane for... Um, I'm, I'm thinking it was the journey to the plane for Venice. I'm thinking mm-hmm. it was. Mm. You missed the exit because you were talking about lime mortar. <laughs> I missed the M23, yeah, on the way to Gatwick. I went, I went zooming past. I don't know who I was talking to lime to to about lime mortar. I'm obviously giving someone a lift. Mm. Unless uh, did Lynetta come to Venice? I can't honestly remember if I'd. If I'd got her with me, or whether I was giving someone a, a lift, or whether it was Nile, but yeah, I did miss the M23 talking about lime mortar. Did you become an authority on things like that? We quite dull on that subject for a while. Um, yeah, yeah, it was all it was all you know insulating concrete blocks and lime mortar for a while, and floating floors and. Um, Sandblasting and 
Yeah, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of that. And deciding, you know, like where to buy it, having it at the right time, you know, because that's the thing, isn't it? You, you, you've got... The thing about builders and tradesmen in general, he said, generalising, which you shouldn't, but uh, they they tend to just go, did you get a so-and-so in then? They say, have you got that? Have you got the paint? And you go, what? What? The paint, have you got it? Oh, And you go, oh, no. Well, I can't do it then, can I? You know, they do things like that. Have you got the tiles? Oh, shit. No. I, well, the, ah, you know, there's a lot of that, having to order stuff so it's there uh, at the same time as the guy who you've who you've got in to, um, to do the work. So it's it's quite um, um it's quite it's quite a feat and one that um, one that I mean it's very stressful. It, it's all right paying somebody to do a job for you, but the stress of of having everything they need when they rock up, you know, on a big project is uh, is colossal. Even though you're not doing it, you you know they're going, well, where's the so and so, and then they're going out. Where do you want this in? Do you want it? Uh, you know, two thirds of the way up the wall or halfway up the wall, and you go, um, um, oh God, oh God, I don't know, I don't know, and you know that whatever you say, that's where it's going, and it's going to be there for years. So all these little decisions, you know, what colour do you want this? Where do you want that? How high do you want this? Do you want three of these or just two? And you're going, oh God, oh God, or. There's a three-way light switch. Which which way round do you want everything? <laughs> do you want that to that, be the outside light, or the inside light? Do you want that all to of be that? the main light or the spots? All of that. All which of side that. of this door do you want this light switch? Yeah. yeah. Well, which side? Which way is the door going to open? Well, I haven't decided yet. <laughs> well, where's the bed going? I don't know. So all just to that. loop all of this together, mm. bearing in mind you're now talking about lime mortar in your mm. quiet moments. Yeah. Do you think the, there might have been a little band meeting where they all sort of said, where can we go? Where can we take him? So he stops talking about bloody building materials. How yeah, about mate. Portugal? <laughs> <laughs> How about Portugal during an airstrike? Yeah. Yeah. How, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. Yeah. No, well, it was just that Lynetta wasn't well and that just piled on. That took me over the edge. The mm. fact that she, I knew she was at home in bed, barely able to move with a, with a baby. And I really should be there. And there was no way of getting there. So I, it was, you know, it was a tricky time. That it was, but, we, you know, we got through it. We were going to Liverpool once, me and Niall, and uh, we missed the M5 because we were listening to Ian Dury and the Blockheads as well. Went shooting past and weren't come. Well, we didn't miss it. We went. We went down the M5 in completely the wrong direction towards Bristol, and we were halfway to Bristol before I noticed. <laughs> we were in Tewkesbury, and uh, I said, "Tewkesbury, shit, we're going to Liverpool," and we had to turn around, and go back the other way, and it's because we'd been listening to um, Ian Dury and the Blockheads. Mm. 
Alison had a friend that was once driving up the M1 and she got to the M62 junction and she got mixed up between left and right and she was aiming for Liverpool and she ended up in Hull. <laughs> I can completely sympathise with that. I hope she was listening to Ian and Ian Dury. Oh, that time. We all should be listening to Ian Dury. We should. Mm. I've mm. got two things to say to you about Ian Dury. Rum and Ribena. Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production.